welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com. And however you're listening in today, with earbuds, or you're running errands, or maybe you're listening how I usually find myself listening to podcasts, I walk around the house with my phone and set it down wherever I'm working, whether I'm folding laundry, emptying the dishwasher, or cooking dinner. But wherever you find yourself or whatever you're doing at this moment while you're listening in, I'm really thankful that you've chose to spend a few moments of your day with me today. I am grateful for you. And I hope today's episode will be an encouragement and reminder to us, to you and to me, as the title states, that homemaking matters because it does. What we do in our homes, friend, matters to the Lord. This is episode 79, and the full title is Homemaking Matters, a Good God Working Out His Purposes in the Midst of Our Ordinary Days. Our work in our homes and in the care of our families is one of God's ways of working out His purposes in our lives to mold us more into the image of His Son. So if you're listening in today, I'm going to think that we have at least two things in common. You're most likely a Christian woman who's a homemaker, and second, you may find yourself wondering at times if the job you're doing is making a difference. We rarely take the time to consider how our work in our homes matters, and we can struggle to discover purpose amid what seems to be mundane tasks that we handle day after day. It's hard to radiate joy and a thankful heart when the sink is overflowing with dishes, you're up all night with a sick child, and the clothes in the laundry room are beginning to resemble Mount Everest. We spend most of our days cleaning, cooking, and tending to the needs of others. This is true whether you work full-time in your home or you work part or full-time outside of your home. We drop into bed exhausted, only to wake up and do it all again tomorrow. As a homemaker, our accomplishments can go unrecognized to our families and the world around us, and most likely, we're not going to get nominated for the Homemaker of the Year Award. And yes, there is such a thing. Google it. (laughs) As a Christian homemaker, you would think that my thoughts and reactions to daily life would naturally have a heavenly perspective, but they don't. I spend many of my days self-focused, not thinking on eternal things, but grumbling about the here and now. I get caught up in the moment, and I don't have eyes steadfast on the eternal. My joy is lost the moment my focus becomes inward and not upward. Being heavenly-minded doesn't take away the reality that we're giving tasks to take care of on this earth. We have responsibilities God has given us, but having an eternal perspective will guide our earthly responses and attitudes to the circumstances and relationships that the Lord has put in our paths. Romans 8.28 reminds us that God is working all things out for good to those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. And the all here means all. In our role as a homemaker, it means 
all of the days that didn't go as planned, all of the issues we struggle with when our children are disobedient, all of the tasks on our growing to-do list, and many other unexpected issues that arise in our days. God's work in us is a mark of his great love for us. He doesn't leave us where he found us, but he continues to grow us in holiness. We have things in our homes to accomplish each day that are appointed and they're given to us by the Lord. I actually have a podcast on that. Episode 75 is called The Lord Appoints Our Portion. But God is more concerned about what's going on in our hearts than with the actual work. And don't misunderstand me here. The work he's given us is important and we need to be diligent in carrying it out. But it's in the unseen place of our souls where the Lord is carrying out the biggest work in us. It's in our hearts. For Samuel 16, 7 tells us, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance. The Lord looks on the heart. The Lord is redeeming our character as we go about our daily tasks. Romans 5, 3-4 tells us not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. I'm thankful the Lord doesn't leave us as we are, but that he continues to change us and mold us more into the likeness of Jesus. We're growing in spiritual maturity when we can recognize God's hand in every task or trial or tribulation, and when we can rejoice and praise him amid them. I want us to capture the reality of God's hand in every aspect of our lives as homemakers. There is purpose, ladies, being worked out in our normal day-to-day life. God is always at work behind the scenes. It's in the unseen work our God is doing that I want us to remember when the days are hard and long and may seem meaningless to you at times. What we see as routine, the Lord sees as his hand molding us more into Christ-likeness. We live most of our days in the ordinary. It's in the dishes and laundry and caring for our families where we find ourselves. And these ordinary moments are where our primary ministry takes place. There's no separation in God's word between the secular and the sacred. If we're in Christ, everything is sacred, including cooking, running errands, cleaning, and wiping runny noses. I've been a full-time homemaker for most of my married years. I've had some time where I've worked outside the home, but and now I, I work inside the home for my husband, but really I have been a full-time homemaker. And you would assume after 34 years, a little more than 34, that I would have figured out by now how to bring honor and glory to God in all things. But I'm still a learner, which is what you get here on this podcast, what the Lord is continuing to teach me. Many days, you're going to find my heart grumbling over household chores, plans that didn't go my way, or difficult relationships in my life. Then there's those days where glimpses of his grace are evident when I find myself being intentional and joy-filled in praying for my family while folding laundry and giving thanks to him in hard trials that knowing through them he's changing me more into the likeness of his son and in my dependence on him. And in those moments, God's grace has opened my eyes to see that homemaking does matter. It matters not just to meet the needs of my family. That's an essential aspect of my calling, but it is making a difference in my spiritual growth as a Christian woman. Daily time with him in the word and prayer is going to continue to teach us more of who God is and in light of who he is, what he requires of us. 
Ladies, I I beat this constantly. I come back to this because it is so important. And I kind of put it in the middle here, but I don't want you to forget it. We need to be students of the word. We need to be in our Bibles. We need to read them. We need to be in prayer with the Lord. We need to memorize scripture. We need to meditate on scripture. We need to be sitting under good, solid, exegetical preaching in a solid Bible preaching church. Those are really good and essential aspects of our walk with the Lord. But in addition to all that, we need to study God's word for ourselves. We need to dig in and grow in his grace and knowledge. That is important. And I know our days are busy, but I know we can always find time to study God's word. I have a podcast series. If you want to begin somewhere on the spiritual disciplines, I believe they start in episode 52. One of them is on studying God's word. But if you just to pop your headphones on, listen to while you're doing laundry to get a little bit of inspiration and encouragement, and maybe that little bit of nudge that you need to get started if you're not starting into studying the word. Um, and I also, I want to share another pod, um, another resource with you at the end of this podcast about getting into the word daily. So ladies, there's a lot of work that we do that will also take place outside our homes. I get that. I'm not neglecting or, or um, dismissing that by any means here. But my focus today in this episode is where we find our primary ministry as homemakers, really as, as women and wives and mothers, as homemakers. It's with in our homes and it's with our families. God's higher purposes are being worked out in our seemingly ordinary days. We're all making a home. So this is the part I don't, I want you to grasp here. So whether you find yourself here as a woman who is single or married with or without children, working full-time inside your home or working full-time or part-time outside your home, you as a Christian woman are called to be a keeper of your home. What that looks like lived out in each of our homes is going to look different. Each of our circumstances and families and personalities and so many other things in our lives are also different. But if you are a woman and if you are a follower of Jesus, then Titus 2, 3 through 5 is speaking to you. I'm going to read it. I know we're familiar with them, but a refresher is always good. So Titus 2, 3 through 5. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. In the book of Titus, and especially here in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is laying out for us the instructions of how the church is to conduct itself. He's giving instruction in this chapter to older men, older women, younger women, younger men, so he's pretty well hitting everybody here. These instructions help us to live together as a body of believers in obedience to the Lord and in unity with one another in the church and in our homes. And in addition, they give us a beautiful witness to those outside the body of Christ. So it's impactful in our homes and churches, but life's lived out in obedience to God's word is a beautiful witness to a lost world. Let's just look at a few verses in Titus going further in chapter 2 that address our witness to a watching world. In verse 5 of chapter 2 in Titus, the Apostle Paul tells us that the word of God may not be reviled. In verse 8, he tells us, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. And in verse 10, he says, so that in everything, 
they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. I love that word, adorn. I love that word. All right, so our godly behavior adorns the gospel and puts on display the beauty of Jesus to a watching world. And part of that watching world are those within our own homes. Your home is a mission field. You may have children or a husband who don't yet know the Lord. You may have other family members living with you who are outside of Christ. You have people that you're showing hospitality to and opening your door and bringing people in who are outside of Christ. And always we have our witness to those outside the four walls of our home when we are out running errands or involved in what other activities take place outside of our homes, in our workplaces, if we're working outside the home. So we should desire that as it says in Titus 2.10, that in everything we may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. John MacArthur states on these verses in Titus directed towards women from Titus 2.3-5, he says, God has a magnificent and wonderful design for women. It's a design which will fulfill their created purpose, maximize their uniqueness, make them a blessing to the world, and bring fulfillment to their own lives and glory to the name of God. And that design is briefly stated there in those verses. The instruction there is God's design for women, women in the church, so that the church can have a powerful witness and so that God can be glorified and his word honored, end quote there. There's much in those verses to work through, but today in our discussion on why homemaking matters, I just really briefly here want to take a little break here and look at working at home from Titus 2.5. It's the Greek word, ikorgos, and I I always batch my Greek, so I apologize. And it's from two root words, ergon, which means work, and oikos, which means house. Some other Bible versions translate it keeper of our homes, workers at home, busy at home, and homemakers, depending on what translation you're using. There's so many opportunities, friend, when we miss and neglect this area of domain the Lord has given us. It is a unique opportunity that we've been given, and many times we look at it as a waste of our time and talents instead of a place to allow our gifts and talents to shine through. Please hear what I'm not saying, nor what the text is saying. It doesn't say a wife and mother can't work outside the home or have activities that take place outside the home because there's nothing in scripture that forbids her taking an outside job. But I do want to share, if you're looking at working outside your home or even working, doing a job from your home, to make sure that it's done through much prayer and wisdom And as a married couple, you should seek the Lord together on what is best for your family. So 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So our desire as Christian women should be to glorify the Lord in all we do. Let me read a, a favorite quote of mine from Elizabeth Elliot. And this is really in reference to work in our home is why I'm pulling this particular quote. She said, it's one you've all heard, but just listen to it with new ears for me today. She says, this job has been given to me to do. Therefore, it is a gift. Therefore, it is a privilege. Therefore, it is an offering I may make to God. Therefore, it is to be done gladly if it is done for him. Here, not somewhere else, I may learn God's way. In this job, not in some other God looks for faithfulness. So, friends, do we think of our role as a homemaker as a gift or a privilege or an offering we make to God? 
Do we do it gladly for him? Are we mindful that we're learning God's way in this fear that he's placed us? What about, do we love our families with open arms and hearts really to love selflessly? Do we seek to bring good to our husbands all the days of our lives? What about the speech in our homes? Is it cheerful, encouraging? Is it gentle when we have to correct? Is the fruit of the Spirit evident as we go about our days? Does it make a difference as we deal with the mundane tasks? Our calling is to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are we mindful of our most important tasks as parents? It's not wrong to desire our children to succeed in life or to develop their gifts and talents, but our greatest responsibility as parents is to teach them about Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 comes to mind here. It's the, the Shema. It's, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." Pointing our children to the Lord is part of our role as Christian parents. I can't change the hearts of my children. God has to do that. I can't make them love God. That's a work of the Spirit. But while I have them and I can continue, even when they're outside of my house still, I can continue to model the love of Christ to them and tell them of the goodness and the gift of salvation of this God that I know and love and serve. And I need to do that with my mouth, right? But I can also do that with my actions. Our hope is to bring the love of Jesus into all areas of our family life. We can model to our children that all of life belongs to God. We can worship and enjoy him in every moment of our days. And then we're going to also open our mouths and continue to verbally share the gospel with them and with others as I'm saying that. So my friend, we can clean and cook. We can kiss boo-boos, we can mop floors, we can create a place of warmth and love for our families to find refuge from the storms of this life. We have the ability to create a haven, a little bit of heaven here on earth as we are being prepared in the midst of doing that for our eternal home in heaven one day with the Lord. Our homes should be a place where our families know they are loved and then that they can share whatever burdens or difficulties are going on in a place that's safe knowing that we desire God's best for them. We're able to love and encourage and support our husbands. We're able to open our home to others and extend hospitality to the stranger, to fellow believers. You know all that takes place in our home. And even if I tried, I couldn't touch all the aspects that go into caring for our homes and families. There's just so many things that go on. But I want us to grab hold of this reminder It's not about perfection. You're not going to achieve that here on earth, and you'll drive yourself crazy if you try. Trust me on that one. And we will make not just ourselves, but we're going to make others in our lives miserable if we're trying to do that. Also, don't fall into the trap of trying to earn God's favor through your own effort. Rest in his presence. Jesus is enough. I usually end with that statement, but I felt it was a needed reminder here. Seek the Lord in prayer. Prayer for eyes, prayer. Pray for eyes to see his hand at work in our lives. Pray for a heart 
to see your sin and to turn from it and walk in obedience to his ways. If your heart has been changed by the Lord to know and love and serve him, then you have the desire within you to share that love with others. You want to point them to Christ, to the only one who is worthy of our worship. Again, the care of your home and family is going to look different in all the various seasons of your life. Don't get caught up in comparing your life with someone else's. You need to honor the Lord where he's placed you in love and care for the family he has gifted you with. God makes no mistakes. God has purpose in all things. I need that reminder. You need that reminder. Our Lord is sovereign in every way, and he has gifted and equipped you in the season you're in for the family you have, for the husband you have, for the children you have. If you don't have a husband, if you're single, he has called you and placed you in that sphere of where you're at right now. So ladies, I know we do what we do, not just because we love our families. We do love them. And that is a huge, huge reason. Don't hear me saying that's not a reason because it is. I love caring for my family. They are the people I love the most on this earth. But as a believer, one who's been redeemed and given a new heart in Christ, I do what I do for the glory of God. Our homes are a primary place where we serve our families and others by the grace of God and for his glory. And again, our homes are a mission field. They're a place where we can make known the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We can lose focus sometimes of this important ministry the Lord has given us. And we do this because we lose focus first and foremost. This is important, this part of the podcast, on who we are in Christ. Too many days and moments we can find ourselves discontent and lacking purpose. And in these moments, we need to be reminded of what already is true. We need a reminder, friend, of our identity in Christ. This is our primary calling as believers. As we are reminded of our identity in Christ, it's there that we can live out to the glory of God, our secondary calling as wives and mothers and homemakers with hope and joy. We can tend to struggle to look for our identity in what we do and what we accomplish. And when we begin to look anywhere else outside of who God says we are, our view of our identity is going to be distorted. Our contentment will be lost, and we're not going to find satisfaction in the role that he's placed us in. One of my favorite reads, and one I love to recommend on grasping the importance of our identity in Christ, because it's a short read, but it's jam-packed full of good nuggets and truths, is one by Jerry Bridges, and it's called Who Am I? Put that one on your wish list, friends. And I also recommend if you're looking anywhere besides Christ to find your value and worth, to take the time to listen to my podcast episode. It's number 69 on preaching the gospel to ourselves. Take time to pop that one in your headphones too. But Jerry Bridges tells us in Who Am I? that we must be preaching the gospel to ourselves every day because we're a forgetful people and we quickly fall into a works mentality and we forget God's goodness of bringing us to himself through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is enough and we need that reminder daily. See, the key point here to know and be reminded of is my identity. It's not in being a wife or a mother or a daughter or employed. Those things could be taken away from me on this earth. Those are, these are temporary roles, right? I'm not something because of those titles, but I'm something 
because I'm in Christ. You don't need to be more to matter because as a Christian, you already matter to the only one, capital O, who matters. So my starting place is the gospel and your starting place needs to be the gospel. When we remind ourselves of the gospel, it means allowing our thinking and our emotions and our responses to daily be shaped by the truth of the gospel. It's a reminder I need daily, and I'm thinking you do too. So what is the gospel? Let's do it. Let me bring our hearts back to it for those of us who are in Christ. And let me share it to those of you who may be listening in, who maybe have not repented of your sins and come into a personal relationship with Jesus. The gospel is the good news, right? Gospel means good news that the one and only God who is holy made us in his image to know him. But we sinned. We've done things against God. We have thought things and said things that aren't pleasing to God. We have sinned against God and cut ourselves off from him. Just look through the Ten Commandments and you will see you've broken every one of them. And so have I. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But in his great love, God became a man in Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life he, that we could not have lived. He died on the cross fulfilling the law himself and taking on himself the punishment for the sins of all those who would ever turn and trust in him. But that's not the end of the story, right? Jesus rose again from the dead, showing that God accepted Christ's sacrifice and that God's wrath against us had been exhausted. And he now calls us to repent of our sins and to trust in Christ alone for forgiveness. If we repent of our sins and trust in Christ We are born again into a new life, an eternal life with God. We are made new. Friends, when we need a role to define who we are as Christians, we've forgotten the gospel. Being a Christian is not defined in terms of who we are in and of ourselves, but it's defined in terms of what God has done for us and to us and the destiny he has appointed to us as believers. If we have been redeemed, then it is God who has saved us and made us who we are so we can make him known. Our identity is in being his alone. I love that. See, here's the reality. Caring for a home and family is hard. Life on this earth is hard. (laughs) There are days we are not going to go about our work with the right attitude. Things are not going to go the way we plan them to go. There's going to be suffering and trials and brokenness and all sorts of difficulties. We're going to sin. Others are going to sin against us. This is why Jesus needs to be our rock, our trusted advisor, and our companion. He must be our sufficiency, our everything. It's because of Jesus that when things get hard, and again, there's going to be hard days, he's the one who's holding us fast. He's the one who gives us the strength to be faithful in the role he has placed us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. He's going to equip us to do every good work that he's called us to. We just need to deal with today. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. That verse in Matthew chapter 6 is one of my favorites to remind my heart that tends to worry. So I bring myself back to that reminder continually. Our lives are to be offered to the Lord as a living sacrifice, and we do this one day at a time and one moment at a time. Friend, humility and surrender are the way to true joy. We will never lose what we offer to Christ. Our sanctification in this life, becoming more like Christ, 
takes place moment by moment, task by task. So if you're a homemaker, this is the place the Lord is working to change you more into his likeness. And he's using you to point others to him, beginning with those within the four walls of your own home. Let me close with a few thoughts here on Colossians um, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. I want to read these verses to you. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Johnny Erickson Tata talked about being citizens of heaven. I want to read this quote of hers to you. She says, when a Christian realizes his citizenship is in heaven, he begins acting as a responsible citizen of earth. He invests wisely in relationships because he knows they're eternal. His conversations, goals, and motives become pure and honest because he realizes these will have a bearing on everlasting reward. He gives generously of time, money, and talent because he's laying up treasure for eternity. He spreads the good news of Christ because he longs to fill heaven's ranks with his friends and neighbors. All this serves the pilgrim well, not only in heaven, but on earth, for it serves everyone around him. End quote there. So once we're in Christ, there is no separation of the secular and sacred. We don't tend to think of the daily tasks in our home as sacred, but in Christ, all of life now is sacred. Our homes should be sanctuaries, sacred places where our families can find rest and encouragement as they go out into the world. Love is modeled, discipline is taught, character is molded, and their physical needs are taken care of, and home is a resting place. It's here that the Lord has us. The reminder that he's working all things for our good and his glory. So whatever we do, we are to do it all for his glory. And the whatever is cooking, cleaning, laundry, caring for our families, loving our families, dealing with difficulties and trials, serving, making the most of the time that we've been given. And let me end with a quote from Elizabeth Elliot, just such a sweet reminder again, you can never lose what you have offered to Christ. So my friends, Jesus truly is enough, always. Thank you so much for your time today. And you can find the show notes with um, some quotes and verses and things over at thankfulhomemaker.com. Again, this was episode 79 titled Homemaking Matters. It's a good God working out his purposes in the midst of our ordinary days. And also, if you do um, head over to the blog. I have a free PDF guide that you can grab from the free library at my blog, and I'll put a link here in the show notes to it. When you um, are a blog subscriber, it's called 20 Ways to Find Time with the Lord When Your Days Are Crazy Busy. And also, if you want to get into studying the Word a little more, check out my spiritual discipline series. I'll link to that. And one last favor I have, if you're enjoying the podcast and you get a moment, friend, I'd be so appreciative if you haven't yet. If you have, thank you so, so much. But if you haven't yet, if you could take a moment and leave a rating and review wherever you listen in. It's been such a sweet blessing. So many ladies are finding the podcast because of your reviews. So I'm so grateful for that. And thank you for every one of them because they are a huge encouragement to me. And God gets all the glory. I'm so grateful for his work in and through my life. So thank you so much, my friend, and have a very blessed week. Mm-hmm.